0: journey of faith. We're continuing in Hebrews eleven, eleven. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful, who had made the promise. We serve a faithful God. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the skies and as countless as the sand on the seashore. So we're going to go through this, and we're going to see that understanding and knowing the faithfulness of God brings joy to us. When we truly understand his faithfulness to us, It brings joy. It brings hope. It brings rest. It brings peace to our hearts. You see, why do you think Jesus was able to do what he did to the point of allowing himself to be crucified? Why do you think he could do that? Boy, brother, you are on fire today. (laughs) Thank you. I love it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Jesus could rest in the faithfulness of God. He knew the faithfulness of his Father. He knew that it would never waver. God is always faithful. He, because he knew God's faithfulness, he had the courage to sacrifice. He had the courage to obey. He had the courage to walk the walk. He had the courage to trust God no matter what things might have looked like here on this earth. No matter what he had to go through, he knew he served a faithful God. Uh, God's faithfulness, understanding God's faithfulness, it puts our hearts at ease. It, it, It takes away our fears. It takes away our anxieties. It makes us not afraid to ask questions. Do you know when you ask a question, that doesn't mean you're doubting? You know, God can handle your questions. He loves your questions because it gives him every opportunity to draw you closer to him. A question is not doubt, okay? And he can handle that. And we receive our joy. We receive strength. We receive stability. We receive the ability to to stand when all else seems to be failing. We receive the ability to stand by knowing God's faithfulness to us. So anyway, let's look at Sarah. See, Sarah laughed when she heard the promise. She laughed at the preposterousness of that situation, you know. She wasn't going to have Isaac till she was 90. Okay? Well, she wasn't 90 yet when the promise came. But she thought, man, that is ridiculous because I'm not able to bear children. So that's like an impossible situation. And she laughed at the impossibility, at the incredulity of that situation. And yet... Through that, God still remained faithful to the promise that he had made. So your incredulity cannot stop the promise of God. Is that a bold statement for you in your life? Yeah, because a lot of you feel guilty every time you have a question. And we're here to get rid of that ideology in your life. God's nature, his very nature delights in bringing life out of death. So you may see a situation and you may see destruction and hurt and death and hopelessness, and he doesn't see it that way. He delights in bringing life from the most difficult of situations. He is for you. He is not against you. Situations that seem entirely hopeless He springs to new life when we count him faithful. When we count him faithful. We must only put ourselves in his hands. That's that's what we need to do. We put ourselves in God's hands. So Sarah teaches us to rest. Can y'all breathe in really deeply right now? Just breathe in really deeply, as deeply as you can, and then exhale very slowly. And while you're doing that, just think of God's merciful love filling you up. And when you exhale, think about resting in him. Okay, ready? Let's do that all together. And just think about the Lord. Just think about how faithful he's been. Breathe in Jesus. And breathe out and rest. Doesn't that feel lovely? Does that feel lovely to you? To rest in the Lord? To think about just resting in the Lord? That feels lovely to me. So you see, because it's not our own striving, it's not our own scheming, it's not our own planning... At some point, we have to realize that our works come to an end because this life is not about works. It's about yielding. Our life is about yielding to the Lord. Our works come to an end. Sarah had a plan, didn't she? She came up with a plan, didn't she? Her plan was no good. It it was an awful plan. It was a terrible plan. It was from human reasoning and not faith. Not heart faith. You see, Hagar and Ishmael were not the answer. That wasn't the promise that God made. That wasn't the promise that he gave. He said it would be from Abraham. Right? So Hagar and Ishmael were not the promise. Yet Despite Sarah's alternate plan, which went into effect, God's promise prevailed. Did he turn his back on them? He did not turn his back when they chose to do the wrong thing. You see that? He's bigger than our wrong things. He's bigger than our mistakes. He's bigger than our misdeeds. He's bigger than our alternate plans. Our goal is just to come back to him, to come back and yield to him, to come back and put ourselves in his hands. He can overcome our ignorance. He can come overcome your faults. He can overcome my faults. I just want to come back. I just want to come back and be at his feet. So it is a glorious, glorious place of rest and hope and joy and peace to realize that we cannot, we cannot, in our own effort, do what only God can do. In our weakness, he's made strong. He shows his strength, right? So he knows, he understands, he made you. When we allow to God, God to have the reins to our lives, majestic things happen, wonderful, beautiful, supernatural things happen. Sometimes we just need to stop trying to figure it out in our own logic. Because logic is not of faith anyway. Now he can, he can give you ideas, he can speak to your heart, and then he gives you, you know, he, he obviously uses your brain He gave you a brain for a reason, but it has to remain yielded to him. Okay, so we can release our hearts from our own self-devised plans, from our own anxieties into the loving and gentle hands of God. We can do that. He wants us to do that. We can rest in his faithfulness because we understand how much he loves us. How much he loves us. Everyone should be listening. God can and will bring the hope of your yielded heart to pass. He will, no matter what it looks like. And we can count him faithful. That's the key. We count God faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are, listen, this will encourage you so much. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. He will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. See that? He can't go against his nature. He can't. His nature is faithfulness. His nature is loving kindness. His nature is mercy. And we just have one job, and that's to come to him, to make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. We can count upon God to do what no one else can do. No matter what the situation, if he says it, it's as good as done. So to know that he is faithful to us and that he will fulfill his plans and his goodness, because he is only good, bad, devil, good God. If you ever get that mixed up, you're mixed up. Okay? Because all bad, devil, all good, God. It is God's pleasure... It is his pleasure. It is his pleasure. Get that in your heart. It is his pleasure and his glory to cause us to live behind the veil with him in tenderness, in love, in mercy, in goodness. <laughs> it's his good pleasure that you join him behind the veil because of Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Faith. I heard this recently, and I loved it, so I'm going to repeat it to you. This is actually from a person. The person who said this, um, her name is Gloria Jackson. She was actually, is actually, the niece of Maria Woodworth Etter. And she defined faith this way. F-A-I-T-H, right? F A I T H, that's how you spell faith? Forsaking all, I trust him. I love that when I heard that. I've never heard a better definition of faith. Because so many of us, when, when preachers preach faith, we think it's our works, our, you know, our doing. It's God, it's all God. Faith is forsaking all. I trust him. That gives me so much rest. So anyway, back to Sarah. She received her long-awaited son in her impotence, right? In, In her current condition, supernaturally, because of a promise that God made, and she recognized the faithfulness of God. So she was a picture of a questioning person, right? She was a, per, a, a picture, and she was, con- she was a control freak. So you have this questioning, control, controlling type person, and it morphed into this blessing of God. You see that? It morphed into this amazing blessing of God, and it ended in joy and laughter in Isaac. Rough beginning, beautiful end. See that? You can have a rough beginning. Listen. You can have a rough beginning, but God has a beautiful end. Genesis 15. God promises Abraham a son of his own body, even though Abram was advanced in years. Genesis 16 Sarah takes matters into her own hands and she gives her maidservant Hagar to Abraham and we have Ishmael. Genesis 18, Sarah laughs at the promise of God that she's to have a son because she's well advanced in age. She didn't have Isaac till she was 90 and here's what God said when Sarah laughed. When Sarah laughed at the preposterousness of what God had said. See that? When she laughed at the, the incre- she had such incredulity that she laughed at what God had said was going to happen. And he says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God's character says to you, when you can't believe it, says, is anything too hard for me? Your situation is not too hard for God. So Isaac means he laughs. So Sarah received her joy because God was faithful. She received her joy because God was faithful in the midst of her own wayward plans and her own questioning. God can handle your questions. So all of these people that we're studying today and all of the people, remember that we studied last week, They lived by faith. Some of them seeing some of the promises, but not seeing all of the promises. It's important for you to believe for future generations. There are generational blessings, moms, dads, because of your faith. There are generational blessings because of your faith. So even though they did not receive the fulfillment of all the promises, they considered them as done, and they welcomed living as strangers in this world because of their faith in the Lord. They welcomed, they were seen as strangers. They welcomed living as strangers. They were aliens. What were they strangers to? They were basically aliens to the sightlessness of the world. Aliens to sightlessness of the world. That's not always easy to do, is it? When you're in the midst of a bunch of people that are sightless about God and his plans, you have to remain faithful. Okay, Hebrews 11:13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised; they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. You will be aliens and strangers on this earth at times. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. God has a country for you. God has a promised land for you. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, remember we said Abraham leaving, remember last week? If they had been thinking of a country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Please, do not return. Don't look back. Look forward in faith at your Lord. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God For he has prepared a city for them. And he has, when you count him faithful, he has prepared a city for you. And I'm not talking about when you get to heaven. He has prepared a promised land for you. He has given you promises. Stir them up. Stir them up. He has given you promises. He has more promises to give you. He will take you into your promised land designed specifically for you. They stood in faith believing in their promised land. Would your mom like prayer, sweetheart? Would your mom like prayer? What? Okay. Well, in the name of Jesus, she'll be right back and feel the love of God. We each have a promised land designed for us by God. So they stood in faith, believing in their promised land. Taking occupancy They took occupancy in their hearts before they physically possessed the promise. Remember we studied that a couple years ago? We will not be without faith. We will not stand outside the boundary of what God has promised to us. We will enter in. We will not stand without. We will occupy. We will occupy Not being without faith. We must occupy when the promise is still but a promise. Not choosing to stand outside that boundary. I'm not going to stand outside of any boundary that the Lord has promised to me. And if you don't think you have a specific promise, you really do, because he speaks to us all the time, but everything in here is for you. Every good thing in this scripture is for you. So there are a billion promises in here. Hebrews 11, 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we're not going to stand without. We're not going to stand without. Faith in the God of hope, faith in the God of faithfulness gives us our own country, our promised city, in a foreign land, in a foreign land, in a destitute land or a destitute situation. We can own the promise in a difficult time when we see with the eyes of faith in our God. Faith gives us joy during the journey and it gives us laughter as our destination. You see that? Hebrews eleven seventeen. 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned. In other words, he believed, he believed that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. So no matter what it looked like, Abraham kept the inner vision that God had given him. He kept it. And he kept that dream living in his heart, no matter what. To the point of raising the knife to slay that promise. See that? He was so obedient. He believed so much in the faithfulness of God. God. And exactly what he believed, right? It said that God could raise him from the dead. He believed that promise and that is what happened in essence. That is what happened because God, you all know the story, God provided a ram in the thicket. He's got your ram. He's got your ram in the thicket. And Abraham received Isaac back from the sentence of death. So when everyone around you Sentences your dreams, the the things that God has given you to stand on, to hope for, to believe in. When everyone around you sentences your dreams to death, those dreams from God, faith in Him will resurrect your hope. Faith in Him will resurrect your hope and make your dream your destiny. His dream, your destiny. Okay, moms, this next section, you should all listen up. This whole next section is about our kids. Hebrews 11:20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for 3 months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. No child of yours is an ordinary child. And you can apply this to your spiritual children, okay? Because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid. They were not afraid of the king's edict. They were not afraid of the world. They were not, did, I, did, I, did you hear me? Did I say that right? They were not afraid of the world. They were not afraid of the world. Say, I am not afraid of this world. My fear is in God. So this whole section here is about your children and your spiritual children. By your faith, your children are blessed. By your faith, your children are blessed. And the devil can't do anything about it. And, you know, Ishmael isn't mentioned here, right? But even child, even Ishmael, the child born because of Sarah's plan, was still blessed by God. I'm not going to go into all that, but you, you all need to go read Genesis 17 and 21. So we must never, no matter what it looks like, you must never lose faith in God's destiny for your children. Never lose faith in God's destiny for your children, no matter what it seems like. No matter how old they are, God has salvation, restoration, redemption. God saved Moses from a sentence of death because his parents listened, yielded, because of mom's faith in God. Your faith brings power. Your faith brings protection to your children and your spiritual children. So when when at times the vision or the hope seems so slow in coming, sometimes it just seems so slow in coming, remember what God has promised. Because of our faith, because of his covenant with us, he will be the God of your children. And that is a covenant promise. That is a covenant promise. I'm going to read it to you here in a minute. As a believer, you are heirs of the promises of Abraham. And this is what God said to Abraham. Genesis 17, 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee. That's a believer. In the New Testament, right? That's believing in Jesus, right? Between me and thee and thy seed after thee, thy seed after thee, what, who are your, the seed after thee? Yes. Thy seed after thee, in their generations, for an everlasting covenant, to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. You see that? Press on, moms. Press on, dads. Share Jesus. Share the love, share the faith, share the hope, share the mercy, share the goodness, share the kindness of our Lord. Teach your children to revere the Lord, to fear the Lord. That's not like fear, afraid fear. That is to respect, to honor, to put him first in everything. So you moms and your dads, trusting in God's faithfulness will bring generational blessing to your children. Everyone wants to talk about generational curses, and nobody wants to talk about generational blessing. Well, excuse me, I think the blood of Jesus is stronger than any supposed generational curse. He he promised us right here, this is a generational blessing it will supersede any curse because that's who God is that's his heart for us hallelujah the blood of the lamb is redemption Hebrews 11 24. by faith Moses when he had grown up refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He saw the invisible. He saw the invisible. Are you going to see the invisible? By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. That's the grace of God. That's the mercy of God. That's the loving kindness of God. Moses, remember last week we talked about a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush and how, why we would never want to say that, why that's a total non-faith statement? It's an anti-faith statement, so don't let it come out of your mouth. I'm not going to go back and explain it. You should probably get it. But Moses, he seemingly had everything in his hand, right? He seemingly had the bird in the hand, didn't he? Seemingly, that's key, seemingly. But he preferred the treasures of God. He went for what he didn't have in his hand right now. Well, he did really spiritually, right? But I'm talking about what he saw physically. He died to self, that was the key. He died to self, that was the key. He had earthly wealth. He had earthly power. He had earthly fame. He had honor in the eyes of men. He had all that. And yet, he chose the invisible God. He chose the faithful God, Yahweh. He believed in the reward of fearing and following God. By faith, Moses delivered his nation. By faith, Joshua took his nation into the promised land. By faith. By faith, their shout of faith, not their arms, not weapons. Faith is the best weapon you can have. By faith, their shout destroyed the opposition. It tumbled the walls. It brought down the barriers. You see that? Now listen to this. If none of you have ever thought about this before, you need to hear it. By faith, Rahab a prostitute... By faith, Rahab a prostitute. So get your self righteous, judgmental hats off. Name the sin, it doesn't matter. By faith, Rahab, though a prostitute, saw the hand of God and was considered righteous. Thank you, Lord. No hopeless situation. No hopeless situation. She became, listen to this, have you ever thought about this? Y'all are really smart, so you all probably have. (laughs) She was an ancestor of David. She, Rahab, sinner. I say that tongue in cheek, right? She was an ancestor of David. She was the mother of Boaz. That's the lineage of Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Jesus had a prostitute in his his ancestry? Well, I'm sorry. Guess what? Get some love on. We hate sin, we love the sinner. You had best love every murderer. You had best love every LGBTQ person. Every drug addict. Because guess what? You were a sinner too. And you make mistakes every day. And you depend on the mercy and grace of God. There is no place for self righteous judgment. When you can't stand what your kid is doing, think about yourself as a kid. I'm serious, I'm totally serious. Does that mean you compromise to the sin? No, but it means you speak the truth in love. So, think about that. Think about Rahab. When the devil tries to lie to you about generational curses for your own kids. God redeems us from sin. He touches our lives with grace and mercy and goodness and faithfulness, his faithfulness. He redeems our past. He beautifies our future. He beautifies your future. There's nothing you've ever done or haven't done that if you just bring it to the feet of Jesus, that he will make your future beautiful. Your faith in the faithful God will turn situations of death into life. Sweetheart, would you like me to pray with you? I would love to pray with you, seriously. Okay, well, we love you. Uh Uh-huh. Your faith in the faithful God will turn life into death. Do I have a sweet soul that would be interested in private going out and praying with that person? Thank you, all. any of you. Thank you. If she says no, she says no. But perhaps privacy is the better situation. So by faith, <coughs> death springs into life. By faith, destruction turns into deliverance. By faith, blockades and barriers turn into open highways. Do you get this? Do you get this? By faith walls come crashing down and we get to see beautiful vistas. The plans and dreams of the Lord. By faith, broken lives turn into righteous lives. Let God arise. Trust in him. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. That's Psalm 68.1. I'm going to read you the rest of Hebrews 11 very quickly. And I just want you to think about every victory that's mentioned in this situation, in this scripture. Think about every victory that's named. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, who quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, And who became powerful in battle and routed foreign enemies' armies? Women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and floggings, while others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith. God commends you for your faith in him. You glorify God. You glorify God with your faith. He commends you. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And you have been perfected in Christ. You are perfected in Christ. So that's what the Lord had me share today. We're going to take communion. If anyone does not have their elements, please raise your hand and the usher will bring you uh, the communion element.